Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ask Holics podcast. You've got Raj here. I'm extremely excited today. Um, not just because Arsenal battered Spurs in the North London derby, but it's because the Messiah is is back. <laughs> the Messiah is back. So some of you may have realised because you're watching this and you're or you're watching it later on YouTube, and some of, some of you may not realise what I'm talking about yet because you're listening on audio. And the suspense is, is it's worth it, man. And I know it must be killing you guys. But what I mean to <laughs> say by all this is Nero, the Messiah, is back. He is Nero. here. He is with us. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, guys. Thank you very much. Um, let everyone know I'm under uh, strict instruction uh, not to say I told you so about Pepe, but we won't, we won't go there today. So. <laughs> You're, you're, like, you're about Started 50 episodes too late, mate. Like, <laughs> we've moved on, you know. I know, it's, I know it's been about 10 years since your last pod. I'm still holding um, on to it, though. Yeah. It is good to see you, Nero. It's always good Thank to you. see you, Mize. Um, how's it going, Mize? You good? I'm very good, mate. I'm super, super, super happy today, obviously. 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 Is it because of Nero or is it because of... Oh, uh, yeah, that as well. No, that, uh, that's an extra not. bonus. But yeah, obviously, uh, it was a good weekend, to say the least. Yeah, and, I mean, and Aaron is still, like, completely wasted hungover from the <laughs> from the game so obviously that he, he sadly couldn't make it today but um look really excited to get into the details we've got lots to talk about guys haven't we um before i get into it everyone um whoever's watching live whoever's watching it on recorded um play please like subscribe share uh really appreciate it i always forget to say it and in the hope that it gets us one more share and one more like and one more subscriber i'm going to try and make sure i keep saying it so uh please do please do that if you if you can guys it only takes a second um now let's get on to the real stuff so oh man like you know we have been in such a great mental space this season haven't we it feels like before the international break happened you know we said could if you if you asked any arsenal fan out there would you believe that we would be first in the table for the international break you know i think we unanimously said um, you know, n- no one would have thought that and we'd have taken it in a million years. And to then come back from that, you know, from that break, there's always that concern that is that a long period of form? And now is the bubble going to burst? You go into North London Derby and Nero told me North London Derby, it doesn't get much bigger than this. It was an early kickoff, a bit jittery, uh, you know, it, you know, we've always got we've always got these nerves. But what did Arsenal do for you on the day, mate? Yeah, I think remember we spoke about it before. I was, um, I think we spoke about it just at the pub before we went into the game about, you know, twelve thirty kickoff. Uh, you know what happened with Brentford with their fans, um, and um, yeah. So before sort of going into the game, we were a bit sort of nervous with the international break as well. Um, but I think you said before, you know, as long as we carry on playing as we normally do, keeping the ball, and uh, obviously if Spurs haven't really been keeping possession much this season. That will keep the get the fans on board straight away. Um, and I think the fans were sort of fantastic throughout the game. And I think that energy was sort of passed on to the players. Um, so literally, I think from from the kickoff, we were all over them, I thought. Um, comfortable in possession. Uh, you know, Martin Lee had that chance right at the beginning. Um, and for me personally, I think the game was probably won in midfield. Um, I thought Xhaka Partey um, was completely sort of, were all over sort of, you know, Bentico and Hoburg and... I think that's where we were completely comfortable. Um, and I thought that's where the sort of the class difference was personally. And I think that sort of that sort of energy and that, you know, they couldn't really press us at all. Um, and I thought, yeah, throughout the whole game, we, we could sort of see that. Uh, you completely agree with you, mate. I mean, let, let, just touching on something that you said at the at the beginning, mate. So, you know, you mentioned we talked before the game about um, about Brentford and about the Brentford game and about one of the things that we talked about was 
allegedly Arsenal Arsenal got a bit lucky against Brentford against Brentford allegedly because it was an early kickoff at a stadium where the atmosphere is generally quite good and because it was an early kickoff uh, apparently the atmosphere wasn't as good and that helped Arsenal uh, I mean is it was it the fact that it was a North London derby or is it just the fact that that is an absolute nonsense thing to say and the fact is you know I did not feel that there was any issues with the atmosphere being an early kickoff. What did you think, Nero? Yeah, completely agree. Um, I think again because I think because the players sort of passed on the energy to the fans straight away. Because um, I remember was it a couple of years ago when it went to the I think Arsenal Man United match. I think it was a New Year's Day game, and again for the first sort of five minutes, it was obviously everyone's probably hungover from the night before. But the first five minutes was quite sort of you know quite airy, very sort of dead atmosphere, and then. Because Arsenal sort of came out straight away, the whole the whole stadium for the rest of the game, rest of the 85 minutes was absolutely, absolutely electrifying. And I sort of felt that sort of straight away here as well, because we were on the front foot straight away. Any sort of, you know, morning jitters we had or, you know, hangover from the international break, that was sort of put to rest straight away. Um, and sort of the fans got behind the players sort of from the first minute, really. Yeah, um, t- totally. Is that is, we we pretty much every game that we reviewed this season, I think that we've talked about what a great start Arsenal have had in all those games. We go back to the Palace game and about starting at 100 miles an hour. Mm. It, I mean, w- what were your thoughts in in how the game started? Was it exactly how you envisaged it and how Arsenal have been kind of this season? Uh, definitely how Arsenal have been this season. I, I did envis- envisage a, a slightly kind of tight a start just given the quality of who we were playing and the fact that it was North London derby and I think it, you know I think in the preview episode we did it was I think Aaron and maybe a couple of other people pretty much said look we come out we play our game we take the game to Spurs um, we go on the attack and we will score goals I think Aaron and said that pretty kind of definitively and and I think that was the case you know I know we didn't get the goals in the first half but we definitely came with the intention or, or, or should I say we started the game with the intention of um of yeah, of trying to score goals and trying to win the game in the first half, essentially, and you know that's fantastic to see because, like you say, Raj, that that kind of common theme this season um, of us really taking it to teams is is quite refreshing because that hasn't been the case with Arsenal for a while. I would say it's been pretty inconsistent. So that was def- that's def- yeah, and like I say, I think given that it was Tottenham, given that it was North London derby, yeah, the energy's high, and um, you, you, that's what you want to see from your, your, you know the home team from us. But that is, well, I wasn't necessarily expecting that. I was expecting a little bit more of a, a cagey start, and especially given that we knew that Tottenham were probably going to come and do exactly what they did. Right, they were happy to sit in. As Nero said, they've they've not really been a possession team this season so far. They, they're not, you know, it's not Conte style. Um, and it felt like, we, you know, what we expected to happen happened in terms of, yeah, they were happy to sit in and play on the counter, which is obviously what they did. And I thought, I thought because of that, because of the way that Spurs would come and set up and kind of sit in, it would be a bit more difficult. Not, maybe not so much a bit more difficult, but I felt like we might be, need to be pretty patient in terms of getting the chances. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, and I think you know the front. Uh, I mean, I know we're going to get into individual performances, but I just feel like this front three—they're so kind of effervescent, they're so exciting to watch. They're always kind of buzzing, movements, sort of top quality, and it just looks like Hazus has just added this, as we keep saying, right? He's added this additional dimension, and it feels like, even though maybe Saka and Martinelli, some people might argue their their output so far this season in terms of goals and assists aren't kind of elite levels. 
However, when you watch them for the entire game, they just look nonstop dangerous. They look like they're always trying to make something happen. Like Marcelli, I just feel like they're both going to explode at some point this season, both Saka and Marcelli. And all of a sudden they're going to be, yeah, like I say, scoring a lot more goals. But but overall, like, yeah, the way we started the game was was really good to see. And um, yeah, gen- generally happy. I think I commented, sorry, and I'm going on a bit here. I know I commented about... Um, Kind of how Spurs came in, came back into the game in the uh, second, uh, sorry, in the first half, especially after they got the penalty. And you know, a common theme did seem to be they, because of the way they set up, they did seem to have that out ball quite a lot, which was a little bit of a worry because I felt like there were even the way they got the penalty. You know that that even that was a bit kind of um, defensively from us. I felt like we could have maybe done a bit better just to be a bit tighter. But again, given the quality of the opposition. You kind of got to expect that they're going to have, you know, some, at, at some point in the game or some period in the game, their plan is going to pay off. But mm. maybe we're a little bit lucky. You know, there was the first, the chance they had right at the start where Ramsdale makes an, makes an excellent, excellent save. And I think that save hasn't really been talked about that much, but it's actually a quality save uh, position when you're nil nil. Um, uh, it could have been a could have been a different game. So yeah, overall, definitely, definitely, very, very happy with how we started the game. I did think about that um, watching the highlights yesterday uh, and watching that chance where well, they really should be scoring. You know, it's a, it's a really good chance that, that mm. they have. It's Richarlison, isn't it, who, who, who gets the final touch. And you think about that in terms of football is all about margins, isn't it? That goes in. It's a completely different game. It has to be managed completely differently. Um, but I think that overall kind of, you know, when you were talking about the first half, it was it was exactly the the score was not what i thought it was going to be I, I went for a draw but as i said before like in in my in the preview i really figured it was going to be plan a versus plan a and that was completely what the first half was it was arsenal setting up exactly how they knew to do best this season with Zinchenko starting, which I thought was interesting. So Niran, I'll just come to you in a second to get your thoughts on that. But, you know, starting with Zinchenko as opposed to Tierney, trying to basically go for it and say, this is what we do while we're at home. Let's go for it. And Tottenham basically not not moving to a three in midfield. You know, we had Jason, the Spurs fan in the preview, almost praying that, that Tottenham set up with three in midfield because he felt that, you know, they were too defensive. And I think we predicted that Conte wasn't going to change tactics. He was going to do, you know, plan A. And he went with plan A. And that first half, it, it panned out that way, didn't it? Arsenal had the possession. They looked quite good. But every time Tottenham kind of got the out ball and, and every time Tottenham did counter, they did look a bit dangerous. Nero, were you, in that first half, did you think that Arsenal were going to suffer for perhaps picking Zinchenko over maybe a bit more of a defensive-minded Tierney? Um, I think, yeah, I think... I think the thing you asked me as well, just before the game, what I, I think it was like two minutes before the team came out, wasn't it? We were sort of having our predictions in terms of what our starting lineup would be or we'd hope would be. Um, I think back at that point, I did say I would rather us keep our same 11. So that would have meant sort of Zinchenko, Ben White, you know, this 11 that's been sort of seems to be Arteta's first 11 choice at the moment. Um, but so, yeah, that's what I thought at the time. Uh, in hindsight, I don't know, you know, Obviously, Zinchenko coming back from that injury, um, sort of was he put into quickly? I know defensively he wasn't he wasn't great defensively, and you know he's made a few you know misplaced passes as well, sort of across the game. Um, so obviously, it's easy to say in hindsight, yeah, maybe you know Tierney would have been the sort of better option there, more from a defensive point of view. But I can see why Arteta did go for Zinchenko at the end. Obviously, he offers that 
sort of be extra. He can sort of go into the midfield, allow, um, you know, effectively allow Xhaka to have a sort of free reign in a way uh, when we're attacking. So, which I think Tierney is sort of starting to do, um, but obviously he's not there yet, personally, from that perspective, uh, from an attacking perspective. But um, yeah, I think, well, end of the day, uh, (laughs) we won the game, so we can't, you know, when we win, it's easy to sort of say attacks were right. Um, But yeah, the only thing I would say is Arteta went for the, you know, tried and tested in a way it was working for him, but I don't know what the fitness levels were of Zinchenko, so maybe that might have played a part in the performance. It's true, and, and you know, I think you make a point there about you know, at the end of the day, we won. Perhaps it's worth just taking a step back on that and coming out of the detail for a second, right? At the end of the day, we won, and we 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 won the North London derby. I know we usually do well at the Emirates, but a lot was made before the game that this is probably the best that Arsenal and Tottenham have been going into a North London derby in terms of being first and third respectively in the league I can I, I think that I'm trying I think maybe the season that Leicester won the league was the only time I can think that Arsenal and Tottenham were both kind of in that sort of top top sort of three sort of slots playing each other Mize you know is it let's take a step back right forget all the detail a lot has been made this season of the fact that Arsenal's fixes have been straightforward you know, in inverted commas. Um, and I know we lost away at United, um, but, you know, these kind of smash and grab teams, they will get a result every now and again, you know, so you have to, you have to accept that. Tottenham was on paper, like, you know, the big kind of, the, the big test. No doubt if Tottenham had have won, no doubt would the media have turned around and said, see, Arsenal failed their big test against the big teams. So this is, yeah, this is yeah. who they are. What, so what do you think this victory means, mate? What what has it has it told you anything about the team, and what do you think? It, what kind of message has it sent to, uh, to to others? So I think I think I think for me, I don't think it's told me a huge much more about the team and what Arteta wants from the team and um, kind of the level of performance that this team can reach. I don't think it's showed me much more. Look, I think. On the face of it, if you take away the fact there was a North London derby and you take away the yeah the fact there was a derby, the rivalry and all that, it was first versus I think they were third before the start of the game. Mm. They hadn't lost a game this season. Uh, and if they won, they were going to go above us. So if you just look at it on the merits of both teams, it's a fantastic win. It's a huge win. I'm not saying that this is going to be a, this is like a, a, a title challenge, a title kind of six pointer come the end of the season or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a huge, huge win from that perspective. Mm. Um, so, but, and from, and yeah, and from that perspective, it is extremely impressive. But I think from my perspective as a fan, having obviously watched us all season and kind of seeing what we've been building towards for the last couple of years under Arteta, I'm not sure, like I say, it shows me or tells me that much more. I think if you're, if you're outside of Arsenal, i.e. media, um, a, a non-biased fan, whatever, um, then maybe they might look at it and think, oh, you know, Arsenal beat Tottenham, but actually as you say, Raj, you know, they've actually beat a, a beat a proper team or a decent team. But, you know, you can see in the Premier League, right? Like Liverpool dropped points again um, at the weekend and all season, you know, teams have been dropping points. Uh, the bigger teams have been dropping points in games that you might say they should win. Um, and that's just that's just not the case in the Premier League, as, as we know, right? There's no easy game pretty much. And um, there's no guarantee three points. So ultimately, we're doing what we should be doing. I think that I think 
where we're really going to see what this team is made of and what this squad is made of is obviously going to be kind of post-World Cup, second half of the season. We're going to get, you know, injuries as everyone is, but, you know, how are certain players going to come back? The players that do go to the World Cup, how are they going to come back? What sort of condition they're going to be in? How are we going to cope with, you know, hopefully getting further into the other cup competitions? All of that kind of stuff and the fixture congestion. We're already, what, a fi- we've already got a, uh, what game is it? The Everton game is it? No. What game have we got to reschedule? There's a game. The Everton game. Played. Everton yeah. game. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's all of that, and that, I think that's when I'll probably, you know, we'll probably be able to see our our true level. I'm not yeah. saying that we, no, we're, we're we're first on merit, of course, but I don't think any sane Arsenal fan expects us to be there, mm-hmm. apart from Aaron, expects <laughs> us to be there <laughs> come um, come May. So, so yeah. It, Nero, there's yeah. themes of you know uh, you got sorry, go on, mate. Sorry, no, sorry. I was just going to, in a counter to that sort of discussion, obviously, obviously for me, not in North London Derby is the biggest game of the season for me. Uh, so obviously the win is a great win. But for me, I don't think the win on Saturday was for me the biggest in terms of showing the character of the team because I always feel that North London Derby, the players are always pumped up and generally we normally do really well against Spurs at home anyway. Mm-hmm. So for me, that wasn't the biggest sort of happy or you know biggest um sort of achievement from Arsenal for me it's more playing against like Crystal Palace away you know where we've historically lost those games um you know winning the games against the you know so-called sort of smaller teams where usually we just look complacent or we don't look up for the game uh, or you know take it too easy so I think for me this season it's just winning those other games um is for me where we've made the biggest step up from sort of prior seasons. And I think that's where we'll sort of help us get to the top, you know, losing to your big four rivals away is not obviously not ideal, but I don't think that necessarily will make the difference to us as long as we carry on beating the teams that, you know, on paper we are stronger than and go in and, you know, show our quality and show our class and be 100% from kickoff. Um well said. I, I think it's definitely true, actually. Um, it's hard to argue with that, especially because actually even last season and you know, our home record was quite good. You know, you, I, you know, I, I very rarely go to the Emirates feeling nervous. You know, I, I always feel like we're going to be on the front foot. And it is those away games, like you said, the Palace game, I think, set the tone for the season, didn't it? it it's just, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, even going to Brentford and... Um, yeah, those those games are so important to just get to get something out of, and then you know coming out with three points and games like that, t- totally important. Um, so completely agree. And you know, on, on some of the themes that Myers was saying, you know, we're we're good merit for it, aren't we, Nero? Like we we deserve to be top. There's not, you know, it doesn't matter what way you cut it. Um, we're we, we we're top of the league, and actually, even prior to the Tottenham game, when you you know, a lot of analysis was done around you know our fixtures versus fixtures that others um, you know around us have played, and actually, there's not a great deal of evidence to suggest that we've had it that much easier. The average position of the team that we had played is higher than some of our our, our rivals. So yeah, it, it may not last forever, but but Nero, like you know, this team are showing signs of repeatable good habits aren't they i mean we are tell me a bit about what you think about our, our attacking output mice just said mice said before something which i think is extraordinary but true which is that you know he pointed out our two wide players saying our two wide players basically haven't exploded yet yeah but we're top of the league right mm. so it's again i'm not trying to get carried away here but there's something that collectively they're doing very well isn't there 
Yeah, I think so. I think obviously last couple of years we were sort of relying on Saka so much and it's such a big sort of expectation on his sort of young shoulders, isn't it? So I think it's good for him as well that he's away from the limelight and developing his own pace without having that pressure. Um, And I think, as you said, whatever the system is currently happening now, it's definitely working. Now we're getting, obviously, out front, obviously, we had a bit less output in the the last couple of seasons. Now we're getting Jesus is now firing, providing goals. Um, And I think now with whatever he's done with Xhaka, for me, he's just been brilliant. Like, he's now been given a sort of free reign going forward. He's always in the box. Um, he's creating chances, getting goals. Odegaard can chip in with a couple now, um, set piece wise. You know, our centre backs are sort of getting goals from you know from corners. Um, so I feel like that is helping because I think before like to win a game we needed like everyone to be performing. Whereas like now it's you know Odegaard, you know, might not have a great game. Like I don't think it was his best game against Spurs, but we know we've now got goals and options coming from other areas. So. We're not so, you know, relying on individual players like we used to be. And I think that's great because now it feels like a actual sort of team um, sort of performance. And, you know, we can, you know, anyone can sort of win the game for us. We've got sort of multiple match winners now, which is, I think, a sort of bigger difference from where we were before. Completely agree with you, you know. You know, a, a couple of comments coming through on the screen at the moment. You know, Chan is asking about whether our, our Tottenham friend who joined us in the last episode is showing up today. I don't think he's going to be showing up anywhere where there's any Arsenal fans for a little while, to be honest. Um, and uh, and deservedly so. I mean, he thought that we were going to get get rolled over, and yeah, that was just a nonsense thing to say, wasn't it? Um, Tish eats with the comment here. Biggest improvement this year is when we concede our heads are not dropping. We are looking to pounce straight away. Done this against Leicester, Fulham, Villa, Spurs. Myers, what what do you got to say about that? It's a good point, and it's a good point to point out uh, because yeah, we we didn't really we didn't really uh, talk about it. I guess it's become a bit of a trait of ours, hasn't it? Um, and and I, I think the, the 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 fantastic thing for us, you know, all three of us were there on Saturday, and we pretty much been there or you know um every game this season every home game this season it's it's as tish says it's it's that kind of um resilience that the team is showing but i feel like the the crowd the the emirates crowd is you know like when so for me that that when we when we uh, sorry when spurs equalized on saturday my head really drops like my head really drops and i thought shit like as i said before i was really worried about how many times Spurs seemed to be able to get their out ball, you know, and there was a couple of times, there was one, there was one occasion when Lloris had the ball, he played it out to one of the Spurs defenders. It went out to Son and Son was, okay, it wasn't through on goal, but he was in a really, really dangerous position. It was two passes from the goalkeeper and that, that seemed to happen quite a bit. And then they scored and then, yeah, my head dropped, but then very, very quickly within five, 10 seconds, you just heard the Emirates crowd just start to really, really get behind the team as we've seen quite a few times this season, um, you know, whenever we've gone gone behind or, or, or conceded a goal. Um, and yeah, I, I, like I say, I can't, I mean, I completely agree with Tish. It, it's a fantastic trait to have. Again, it will be interesting to see, you know, if there's a, there's probably going to be a situation further down the season, you know, tough away game. Um, and quite possibly if, you know, if we go one, one nil down, two nil down, whatever, or concede a goal at kind of a bad time, um, pegging us back, how do the team react? But I think they're showing like serious, serious resiliency and serious team spirit, you know. And also we saw it, which is I, don't know, I guess you know worth touching on, right? That that huddle after the party goal that was really interesting as well. 
Um, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that. It was it was difficult to figure out what what Jack was saying. I don't know if Jack was just saying, "Guys, I can't believe it. He scored a long range shot." I mean, <laughs> this is just this is just un- unbelievable. No, but on it a was serious unbelievable, note, there, wasn't yeah, it? <laughs> we, 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 we should touch on that in a second, actually. But yeah, the, you're right, Mike. It says something about the team. I, I, I listen. I can be a bit skeptical about st- stuff like this sometimes. You know, I wonder how much of it is the cameras are watching. It's it's clear that you know this is going to be shown on TV and people are going to notice this and it's going to get analysed and you know it, and I wonder if sometimes that goes through the player's mind how that how you know people can can perceive that. Listen, I'm I, I'm 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 being a bit harsh. I think that it is also just another sign of the fact the team is very together. It's very focused. Uh, we've got an, a, you know a selection of leaders there, um, but you know let's just talk about those two central midfielders right and 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 let's just talk about the part off for a second my you, you know i think you had said this you had said this before right um i think whenever Partey had you know i think when he had missed his 500th shot uh, I, I think it was you basically said like you know one day one of these is going to go in and you just like hope it's going to be in one of these yeah. like big get, big games whatever because you know there's always a chance do you remember when William finally like scored that goal at, at the like you know at the end of his career at Arsenal where it was like a most irrelevant goal. Yeah, it was a meaningless goal. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Arteta had this look on his face just like, yeah, okay, <laughs> like whatever, you absolute clown. And uh, it had that sort of feeling that it could be like that when Partey finally scores, was it going to be, you know, the sixth goal in a in a, a you know, in a in a win against some random Europa League club. But it um, <laughs> but you know, it's an absolute banger he scores. I mean, right, the, the thing is, right? Yeah. At least once a game he tries that. He tries that shot, like some sort of long range shot. And so obviously in training, he must be smashing them in from 20, 25 yards like every single day. Because otherwise, why would anyone, like, why, like, I can't understand why he'd keep trying. I can't understand why Erdegaard or Ajaka or Arteta's telling him, like, stop fucking doing that, basically, right? So, <laughs> so obviously, yeah, look, I mean, he's he's probably not surprised that it's gone in, but I think every single other, every single Arsenal fan in the ground, every single Arsenal I'm watching, must have been amazed. But yeah, I mean, look, we got to talk about the goal because when it happened, I didn't realize how good of a strike it was. Like, obviously it was yeah. a great goal and you could see it was a great goal, but you can't like, and I probably didn't even see the replays because we were celebrating. I didn't see the replays on the screen, but it was only when I watched the highlights back, funnily enough, just before we recorded, I was like, bloody hell, like that's a seriously, seriously good goal. And I mean, I watched the highlights of match of the day and Jonathan Pierce didn't, he didn't, it was like, it was just like, oh yeah, good, good decent strike. Good goal. Was, there was no kind of like I think if De Bruyne scores that or yeah. anyone else, pretty much he, that you know. So, but yeah, like, I mean, it was due, wasn't it? It was really, really was due. I think that's his third goal for the club. Can't remember the other two he scored. To be honest, I think one was a header last season. And yeah, but um, yeah, it was definitely due. But I, I'm happy if that's his kind of only long range strike and long range attempt for the rest of the season. Sorry for Spurs, didn't you? Because Spurs, Spurs were basically like they were sitting off so deep. I probably just thought, what's this guy going to do? I mean, like, you know, probably, the ball gonna go? go for it. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to go. Inside. Exactly. I mean, um, it, look, it, it was, it was interesting. Obviously, like my, like you, like you said, just you know, going, going back to you know, what you had said before about when Tottenham scored and, and kind of heads going down, and and the and the, and the way that we we sort of just bounced back, and and the team and the fans just kind of bounced back. Scoring so early in the second half is is super helpful no need to really analyze that goal aside from you know i guess you know it's just sentiment it, it just it was really indicative of the fact that we just kept going and going and going and going and we were trying to trying to go for it um the hazes goal, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so obviously after the hazes goal a little bit after the hazes goal um 
there's the sending off that happened. Mm. And uh, it's a bit weird, isn't it, Nero? Because from where we were, like you couldn't really see, you couldn't really, like you couldn't see what the hell happened, no. right? You just thought it was like an innocuous foul. None of us thought, no one in the stadium thought it's going to be a red card or whatever. I think everyone was just chatting amongst themselves, thinking, you know, it's a little free kick. And then it's a red card. And obviously the, the, the replays have been shown. And I'd say it feels like, you know, pundits around the world have been relatively divided about this, right? Because I, I see mm. some pundits are just unequivocally, like match of the day, we're just, you know, unequivocally that just like that is a red card. That's definitely a red card. It's just ridiculous. It's stupid. Um, and, and and others haven't been so, so sure about that. Um I mean, what did you think about it? And, you know, because before you answer, like, you know, playing devil's advocate, you know, I remember Arsenal, Man United, and um, Lokonga did something very, very similar. Uh, He did something very similar, and he didn't get sent off for it. Uh, And, you know, this is obviously, this is, you know, it's a straight red, he gets sent off, the referee doesn't even bother actually looking, you know, going to VAR or anything like that. I mean, what what, what did you think? And did you think it had any material impact on the game? Um, Actually, so first of all, on the back to the party goal, apparently that was his uh, 65th attempt from outside the area before his first goal. Wow, wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, back to sending off, um, yeah, as you said, it was on the other side of the pitch, right? So uh, Mm. at the time, we had no idea what was going on. Uh, had a mate who sent me uh, obviously a live clip of the incident. Um, on the replay, obviously we were still in the stadium. It looked, yeah, it looked it looked quite bad, right? But obviously, with us adrenaline running, you're probably gonna you know a bit of bias as well. You thought, yeah, we're not sure until you know you go home and actually see the replay properly. At, at the point of the game, I had no idea if it was a sending off or not. Um, then obviously you go home, watch the replays. And to be fair, the more more I see it, the more sort of it is a red card. It was so like, it just looks a lot higher than I thought it was initially. Uh, it's so unnecessary as well, because Martinelli was sort of running towards his own goal as well. So I didn't understand what the point of that challenge was. Um, he's not going for the ball, is he? That's the thing. No. He's nowhere near the ball. He's he, just trying to... People have tried tried to explain it. I said like he was probably trying to trip the player up. Like he's trying to trip him up and and he's accidentally sort of done that. And whatever you look at it, like you say, it's bizarre. Sorry, you know, carry on. Yeah, but we get that a lot though, I think, all the season yeah. as well. I know, again, it might be a bit of bias here, but it just feels like, you know, even in the Villa game, like well, most games we play, it just seems like people are just like trying to take out our players. So from that perspective, I'm mm. glad that he's actually been uh, sent off for that. Um, yeah, and then as you sort of mentioned, pundits and other fans uh, sort of saying, you know, that that card changed the game, you know, and it's just... It's completely, yeah, fairness, I don't think many pundits think it's changed the game. I don't think many... Because mm. you, you change the game implies that you're not winning already. Like, that doesn't... Do you know what I mean? Like, or, it, I guess, yeah, kill the game, fine. It may yeah. have, but it wasn't yeah, like... killed the game. Exactly. They were comfortable, right? It's not like they were, you know, completely yeah. overrunning us and that. You know, I, I'm, to, I'm to that point, except for that five, ten minutes where, you know, they scored, we were, you know, defensively a bit all over the place. For the rest of the game, we were completely comfortable. Um, and I couldn't see them really scoring or equalising at that point. Um, yeah, fine. It might have, you know, killed the game, but I personally don't think it was much of a difference. Um, but yeah, as in, back to your initial question, it was a, once I saw it and replay, it was a clear sending off. Yeah, and Ch- Chan here with the comment, didn't he replace Aurier as a last as a right back last season? One disaster right back after another. It, it's really true, is it? It's a really weird one because you know, Emerson Royale was signed 
a couple of days, I think, before Arsenal signed Tomiyasu. And, you know, it seems like it seems like Tomiyasu was someone that Spurs were tracking. Feels like, therefore, they could have got him uh, if they wanted to, because we, 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 you know, kind of pulled the trigger quite late on that. But there is no debate in my mind as to which one of those right backs is a better right back. I don't think there's one element of Emerson Royale's game that I think is better. I mean, it, 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 I, I think he's allegedly supposed to be a, an attacking right back. I haven't, I've never looked at him as an attacking right back and thought that this guy's impressive. I mean, it's a bit confusing, isn't it? I mean, like, because he is, he essentially just does not look like an upgrade on Aurier. I mean, my, like, what if you look at actually some of the, some of their sidings recently from a defensive standpoint, I know like Romero has been, you know, a lot has been made out of, of his quality, but you know, Lenglet was similarly really average against us. Um, a bit, does that does that confuse you a little bit? How they've not been getting it right in the market there? Um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, Leng Leng Le- Long Le- Le- however you say his name. I remember seeing him like obviously I don't watch Barcelona that often, but I remember seeing him last season and um, or, or in previous seasons, and he's always just seemed looked like a bit of a calamity player. So I was pretty shocked that they went for him, Emerson Royale. Um, yeah, like I've heard the same that he's just, um, you know, he's, he, yeah, he's meant to be good going forward. And to be fair, I think there's been a few times this season I've seen him play or seen Spurs play and he does seem to be able to get kind of, yeah, like he's one of these players that I guess once he's in the final third, he can look a bit dangerous. He can get a ball in the box, that kind of thing. I mean, Carl Jenkinson did that. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but did he support Tottenham when he was a kid? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but anyway, um, am I surprised with their signings? Um, to know, is it more a case of they're just finding players to fit the system, and therefore they're just sort of stocking up on wing backs? Like they've got Doherty, they've got Emerson Rao, they've got um, God, I've kind of remember who they're who they who they're, who's their left back, left wing back, Jed Spence and Perisic and Perisic, obviously as yeah, a Perisic, um. Like I can see, like I remember when Conte was at Chelsea and Victor Moses became like this, like yeah. unbelievable right wing back. And where the hell is he? Like you know, signing for Inter. Oh yeah, he's signing for Inter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine, fair enough. But you know what I mean, right? Like a bit of a random kind of, um, you know. But yeah, obviously Conte has the ability to do this. I wouldn't be surprised if you know he managed to kind of manages to get something out of some of these players. But um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on something because you, like you were talking about kind of. Um, Spurs fans or media sort of saying, you know, the sending off was pivotal. And, and, and yeah, it's quite funny in a way because I've spoken to a couple of Spurs people and they've like friends and they've said the same thing. And I'm just sort of like, like it just amazes, like Spurs fans just amaze me. Like Arsenal fans get a bad rep, right? And probably based off Arsenal fan TV, right? Like, yeah, let's be honest. So for some reason, people think that represents the entire fan base. Okay, fine, whatever. But Spurs fans are just unbelievable because so okay this so so I was out all day yesterday and uh I was at like a family thing and um <laughs> I was with one of my nephews he's like 16 he's a Man United fan anyway one of his like kind of uncles you know Asian community uncles comes up says bye to him and then he points over to me and says oh he's an Arsenal fan like says to his uncle he's an Arsenal fan to me as in pointing at me so I have no idea who this guy supports I just thought he's telling <laughs> telling them he's I'm an Arsenal fan whatever 
And then the guy comes over and goes, he says something like, oh, yeah, there's there's a couple of you, isn't there? I was like, I guess a weird comment. I was like, don't, I was like, don't tell me you support Spurs. <laughs> don't tell me you support Spurs. And then he comes across like, probably, yeah, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, well, if you want to walk away now, you can. It's up to you. Like, this is a day after we've just been you. And then he just starts giving it for no reason. And he's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, like, Champions League, innit? I'm like, trophies, innit? Like, what, what do you want me to say to you? <laughs> And then he just walked, he pretty much just walked off. And I was just like, it's just like unbelievable. Like even Jason the other day, like I, well, Jason came on the show. I didn't really say anything. I let him, cause he joined a bit late. Let him kind of say what he wanted to say. Didn't really respond. Didn't really interact, like engage with him as it were. Just wanted to see how the game went, to be honest. But like they come on and they're so cocky, but I just can't understand what you've got to be cocky about. Like I can get, I get why Man United fans can be cocky, even though we don't, you know, it, it's a bit extreme to still be cocky about what Ferguson did or whatever, like, you know, but they have a, they have a recent uh, past recent history of being very, very successful, the most successful team in the country for probably 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. So fair enough, but Spurs fans have got nothing. They've literally got nothing, but yet they still think that they're this, like, I don't know, like it's mental. I just find it, I just find it amazing. And, and, and that, you know, how can, how can they say that the, the, the sending off changed the game? Like, Surely no one really thinks that. It's the same way as us saying the Rob Holding sending off like changed the game when we when you know we played them. No, they beat us. They beat they, us. They, they, they beat us. We said on our on our podcast, despite all the abuse that we got from Tottenham fans, we all said Tottenham were the better team and deserved to win that game. Yeah, right. We can we can accept we can admit that. Mm. Right? Like these guys need to just take the L. They got battered. There was mm. one very good team that day that played a team that you know was very negative and tried to do their thing but it just it, it didn't it didn't pay off like yeah and Charles right golden boots are trophies in their eyes i mean you know at the end of the day when we were winning trophies we were winning golden boots as well that's yeah. just the bit on the side right <laughs> like do, do you know what i mean like if it wasn't for harland i wouldn't be surprised if Jesus wins it this would have won it this season so you know exactly but you know it takes it takes an absolute like cyborg to you know to take it take that away from Jesus this season it looks like but anyway look like get, getting back to that point right it's a it is very funny um, with with kind of Tottenham fans at the moment, and maybe we should indulge a bit on it because you know Jason did come on our show. We invited him on our show, and he, he talked a lot of big things, and um, <laughs> and it's just and it's again it's unsubstantiated nonsense because you know there's not at least when we at least when we are analysing Arsenal, we are genuinely there talking about, look, this is how it could go wrong. This is how it could go right. This is things that we're doing well. This is things that like, are not like whatever, but you know, we're not predicting games coming up with random kind of scenarios of, yeah, do you know what? Actually, if we play like, you know, five in attack, then I reckon we'll win. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's just, it's just, with, with Spurs, it's always, there's always some reason. There's always some random reason why it's not what, why it's outside of their control it's always it's always there's always some reason why actually they're really really good but at the end of the day you, what what happens on the pitch proves it right what if, if you win a game generally generally speaking the best team wins the game and that's just how it is and then you've just got to take it and you've got to analyze it you've got to digest it and you know at the end of the day i think us as arsenal fans we're having a good season. We're really, really pleased about it. Um, we're really excited that, you know, this could go somewhere. But, you know, we'll wait and see how it goes, right? We'll wait till the end of the season and see what's on the or what's on the trophy cabinet. Because if there aren't any trophies, then I'm sure like you know, we'll still we'll still want to to finish in the top four. Um 
but at the same time, right, like there are aspirations and there's pedigree. And uh, yeah, like you say, like they've got nothing. They've got nothing to be. They've got nothing to be shouting about, to be quite honest. Um, but look, uh, it's great. Listen, fantastic, fantastic to win. Fantastic to to win the North London Derby. We've got a couple of games this week. It's a it's a busy week. It's it's Monday today, and we play on Thursday, and we play on Sunday. Nero, tell me, you know, uh, give me everything that you know about Bodo Glimt. <laughs> I'm going to say silent for this one. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're the uh, they won they won their league last year, didn't they? I don't I don't even know what kind. <laughs> so I think I think the three teams in our league have all won their league, and then oh really? Is that yeah, true? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know we're, what country. We're the they're group from. of champions. What country are they from? So Bodo Glimt are uh, Norway, and they're second in Norway. Just Google I did that, right. I did my research for the episode. Indeed. <laughs> um, now I um the reason like, do you know the reason why I knew that they were Norwegian is when I first heard when we when we drew them and they said they're Norwegian, I um. I was like, oh, that's where Graham Potter, like Graham Potter was Osterson, right? And I was pretty sure that they were Norwegian. Um, but then um, but then I looked them up on the in the league and then they're not in the top division. So then I began to question whether they were actually in the Norwegian league or not, or was it the Swedish league? The Swedish, like, aren't they? I, exactly, yes. Oh, right, <laughs> so okay, that's, yeah. that's my long-winded way of saying <laughs> that's how I remember that they were Norwegian. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, so anyway, look, they think they're second in the league. Mulder, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's old boys are top of the league, and um, I think they've won every game. But but um, uh, but Bodo is second, and they have played two Europa League games this season. Obviously, one of ours got um, cancelled or postponed, rather, uh, and they have they beat Frankfurt like we did, and they drew with PSV. So it doesn't seem like they're a bad side. Like you know, at the end of the day, they beat Zurich and. Uh, sorry, not well, not Frankfurt. So Zurich, obviously. Zurich, so yeah, you know, Zurich, Zurich yeah. in, in our group. Um, they beat Zurich as, as did we. Um, but Zurich weren't you know Zurich weren't terrible or anything. So um, and 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 you know drawing from with PSV. So it doesn't seem like it's no. It's probably not the sort of game where I imagine that you know we can put a complete B team out and be confident, totally confident that we'll win. But that being said, my. Do you think we will put a B team out on Thursday? <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I'm str- I'm just thinking about who potentially could start um, from the first team. Given that there's Liverpool on Sunday, I think it's you know he can't really take any risks. You, if you think that Thomas Partey, Erdegaard were sort of slight doubts before the game, kind of before the Spurs game. Um, I'd like to think that they're both going to get a rest and, and and in general, I think he's probably going to rest most players. He likes, to, I mean, look, it makes sense to keep a couple of senior guys in the team. You can't just play kind of all kids and all um, like the reserve players. So maybe someone like Xhaka, Xhaka doesn't ever get, okay, I'm about to jinx it there, but yeah, Xhaka's generally, generally pretty healthy guy. <laughs> um, and yeah, there might be a couple of other kind of first team or senior heads in there and you'll probably keep a fairly fairly strong strong bench just in case you know it's back up in case we need it but um home game um against uh you know regardless of how they've done so far in the europa league you know i, I mean i can't really we, we should be, we should just be finishing that game off in the first half and scoring the goals we need to and then just take taking our foot off the pedal and um it should it should be on on paper anyway it should be a, a straightforward night so i'd like to think he's you know swapping a number of players out shouldn't really affect us too much. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it, um, Nero? Because obviously this would have been another nice game for ESR to get some minutes and get yeah. 
you know, still st- stay fresh. And he was also obviously also a really good rotation um, for, for, for those wide positions. And now without him, do you think it gets a little bit interesting um, or in the sense that do you think that we end up having to give the likes of Saka and Martinelli more, more time in the Europa League games and the cup games that we would have liked to, or is Reese Nelson going to get a rebirth kind of in, 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 in the wide areas? What do you reckon? Um, I think, or well, personally, if I was obviously Arteta, you know, we've got nine games in October. So literally four weeks in a row, we've got Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, so f- for me, completely agree with Myers. Like I would rotate majority of the players. You'd want a leader there. So you, you might keep a Xhaka there. And so completely agree with that. Um, and to be honest, like, We've got a, a more excited, like, sort of this season watching the Europa League than I have been in sort of previous seasons because the previous seasons just felt like, you know, Arsenal B are sort of the players who are not good enough for the first team will be playing the Europa League, whereas, you know, like your Lichsteiners and whatnots. And whereas now it just feels like all sort of young players, like promising, exciting players. Like, I want to, like, since the last game, I've been so excited to see, like, Marquinhos again, right? I want to see what he can sort of produce again. Um, you know, another run for Vieira, for example. Um, so me personally, like I wouldn't like, I'd give all the young the youngsters more of a run out. Um, yeah, like it's interesting, like real Reese Nelson just came out, out of nowhere, right? I <laughs> just didn't know where, didn't even, yeah, yeah didn't know where he was last few weeks. So maybe again, I guess with Smith Rowe, maybe Arteta has been thinking ahead for this sort of Europa League game and obviously bench for, you know, the future Premiership games as well. Um, so I think, yeah, maybe I think Smith Rowe, sorry, uh, Reese Nelson probably would sort of get the nod along with or Marquinhos on the wide and then Eddie up front. I think that's like exciting to watch, to be honest, that attack. And like you say, like, you know, like, my, my, that, that lineup that Nero is sort of describing, that, that, that should be good. That should be good enough to get a result, right? It should, it should be good enough. And I think we saw against Zurich, right? Like these guys stepped in. I'm just looking at the team now. I mean, he still started Gabriel, Martinelli, Xhaka, Tomiyasu, Rob Holding, Kieran Tierney. You know, you still got some fairly senior guys in there. Um, you know, Eddie and Ketia scored a goal, as as Nero said, Marquinhos looked really exciting. So there's yeah, like absolutely which that should be more than enough. It should be more than more than enough, like I said. And I think I, I completely agree with Nero as well, right? There's some really kind of exciting talent within the squad. Marquinhos is probably Marquinhos or Vieira. Yeah, Nero highlights in there. They're probably the two standout ones where you kind of like you want to see them get Premier League minutes now. Yeah, yeah. Probably haven't had the games yet or whatever, but and I think at some point the season they will. Obviously, Vieira definitely will, and and maybe unexpectedly Marquinhos might as well. But yeah, like we, as Nero said, like that's probably the most exciting thing about these Europa League games is like seeing the the kind of the I don't want to say the B team, but the the guys that are ready to come in um as and when we we need them to um so yeah no i i, I mean look i don't think you know expecting i'm 100 percent expecting a, a comfortable win on on thursday if if that doesn't happen then um if we don't get the win then that'll be a you know big 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 disappointment especially considering it's our second game as well we kind of want to just get the wins now get qualified get first place and focus on other priorities really is there an argument also to say right that some of these players like our, 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 our first team in inverted commas players, they, they, they need to start getting used to the fact that they're going to need to play two games a week. At, 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 you know, because when we go into the Champions League, we can't be playing our B team every 
every Champions League game, right? So this has got to be something that we we start getting used to, right? Probably more from my squad perspective, right? So like, say, as you mentioned, the fullbacks, like playing Tierney and then Zinchenko on a Thursday and a Sunday, either way, it still feels like sort of festive players, doesn't it? So I think yeah. part of that will be sort of building a squad where, um, you know, he can he can rotate. doesn't really matter who's starting ahead of who. You can sort of like how Man City, obviously, they're the perfect team. Yeah. They can literally interchange between anyone. To be fair with Liverpool, with their attack to an extent as well, they could you know, start Firmino one day and then bench him yeah. next day and they've still got quality to replace it. So I think it's more about a building the squad. And I think part of that is with, I think with Arteta, maybe he still feels that the sort of the backup players are maybe not too good enough yet to be able to sort of bring them into the game early enough so that they get, you know, rested a bit more. So I think he makes obviously a bit more later changes. Um, yeah. like, you know, he brought in, he brought in uh, Lukonga on this time earlier because the game was pretty much won. But he doesn't, doesn't feel like he trusts sort of a player like that early, you know, in a game, usually if the game's on a hanging by a, you know, a knife edge. Well, it's kind of connected to Gavin's point here. So, you know, Gavin's point here is saying, <clears throat> I remember back in the day where Arsenal would let the youth play the cup games. We got some strong youth talent, let them go out and see what they can do. So true, right? You think back to those good days, you remember in the, in the Carling Cup, et cetera, where... Hmm. You know, we would routinely beat one team 6-0 every season. You know, it would, it would Sheffield United, a, a Wigan or someone like that. We'd, we'd go out and win 6-0. Carlos Velo, I remember, had from him. And, oh, yeah. And Jeff, you know, Jeff Rene. Rene Adelaide. 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 Uh, yeah, <laughs> Jay Simpson, I remember, like, he scored, like, uh, uh, some, Lipo, remember, Arturo Lipoli. Oh, classic. Uh, classic. <laughs> I remember Ramsey scored that amazing back heel once a, like yeah, it was really good times back in back in those days. But what's interesting, well, actually, I was just thinking about that now when I was reading Gavin's comment. And you know, we were playing Champions League football every year that those days, right? And so, actually, in the Champions League, it was still like our first team that were playing in the Champions League. So we were, you know, our, our first team were used to playing two games a week, and it was the sort of early stage FA Cup and the Carling Cup games where we used to see these players. You sort of think now that we're in the Europa League maybe the group stage of the Europa League at home is, is is when we can start trying to see some of these guys. You like to think at home, if you can mix it up a little bit, why not play Ethan Nwaneri? You know, why not start with him or, 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 or someone like that? I'm not sure he will. And I think it probably goes to your point, Myers, around trying to get, you know, get the points as quickly as you possibly can. Like, and then and then maybe once you've qualified, maybe once you've figured that you're top of the group, you know, then, then, then play some kids in the final, like, you know, one or two games. Um, but obviously, you know what, like without being complacent and taking our eye off it, it's hard to not have one eye on the Liverpool game on Sunday, right? Uh, it is another huge game. It's another huge, <clears throat> huge game. And it's going to be, a, you know, in my view, a, a bigger test than the Tottenham game for a, for a couple of reasons, actually. One relates to what Nero said earlier, which is that I think in the North London derby, there's something about it which kind of just gets the players and gets everyone buzzed it's that extra like release of energy um that you know kind of not necessarily papers over cracks but that adrenaline gets players through and and, and that the, the occasion can 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 make a difference liverpool's a little bit different obviously it's still a big game but it hasn't got quite quite the history or whatever and you know liverpool are a team historically over the last number of years that you know we 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 generally get pasted by and even when it's at the emirates we I can't remember the last time. Well, actually, so I think we won a couple of seasons ago um, uh, when uh, Liverpool already won the league. So that doesn't even count. You know, they were just, they, they can be bothered. 
Um, Reese Nelson scored in that game. Reese Nelson scored that. It's true. Good point. Yeah, well remembered, Mice. Mice, you know, though, this is the first time, though, I can remember in a long time that the bookies are making Arsenal out to be the favourites against Liverpool in a Premier League match. I can't digest that. I still, for me, Liverpool are still one of the two top best teams in the league. I still believe that, right? And I still, you know, despite the fact that, and, and, you know, I don't think I actually realised how few points they've managed to accumulate this season. Despite their their challenging start to the season, I still think they're just like total quality. And I do not consider us favourites going into Sunday. But are, are we... Being, am I being cautious? Do you feel the same way? What, what, what do you think? I mean, I'm just getting over Saturday to be honest. So, <laughs> trying to now think about another massive game. Um, I, it's it's a weird one because Liverpool can this season. It just feels like Liverpool can be got at, and we are the kind of team the way we're playing now. I feel like we're the kind of team that can get a Liverpool, if that makes sense. Like, I think we're going to come out quite similar to... Like, the Spurs game, to be honest, you asked me the question earlier about, you know, what kind of... What change has the result from the Spurs game kind of made on you or impact has it made on you as a, you know, in terms of my perception of the season and stuff? And I guess the one thing it has given me is probably confidence. It's definitely given me confidence going into the next game. I think if we'd have lost against Spurs, I'd be obviously coming, you know, would the whole discussion today would be different, but just the going into the Liverpool game it would be pretty much the opposite, right? And I think I think from a, the player's perspective, from Arteta's perspective, he's probably just going to be saying to them, look, you know, they conceded three against Brighton. Go out go out and do the same thing again. You know, go out and do the same thing and start the game with the intent of you want to get the first goal. You want to score, the, you, you want to score goals, you know? And I feel like defensively, they're a little bit susceptible. Um, obviously, look, we know how good Liverpool are and it's not like... No one, everyone's still expecting them to come back this season. And, you know, maybe they, maybe anyone challenging the city this season is going to be too much of a stretch. They just look unbelievable. They look unreal. So, but you still expect Liverpool to probably fairly comfortably finish in the top four. I do anyway. I think they've got too much quality to not. Um, but in terms of Sunday, I think it's probably, it's probably one of the best. Like, if you're going to ask, when do you want Liverpool at home? in your season now is probably the best time like considering what what we're just coming off assuming nothing goes horribly wrong on thursday and there's not like three or four injuries or whatever um it's probably one of the best times to ask to play them really um you know they don't look as convincing as they have in previous seasons and i think we can i'm not saying we're going to win the game and i personally i don't think we're going to win the game i think it'll be a draw but i think we can absolutely go into it with with full confidence and um, just kind of like full energy, really, to just try and take the game to them and see what they've got, you know, see what they've got. Whereas, like you say, Raj, previously, previous seasons, previous kind of matchups, like, do you remember, remember Aaron's wedding last year? We were obviously got absolutely smashed by them again at Anfield. But it was kind of like, I think there was a period, I can't remember now, but I think, because obviously we didn't watch it, but I think there was a period of the well, game we where it was nil, nil, watching nil. It. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Aaron, <laughs> His missus doesn't know that, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and there was a period of the game where I think it was quite tight. Uh, I could yeah. be wrong on this, but yeah, no, you're right. Because they, they scored their first goal only uh, at 40 minutes or something. Yeah, and after that, it just went to shit. But yeah. but I guess up until that point, we had yeah. that optimism. I think, but it was always like, okay, let's hold on to the nil nil. Let's hold on to the draw. Let's see what we can get. Um, let's see what we can get out of the game. But I think this game we approach completely differently. And if you think how good 
the atmosphere has been up until like the last couple of last season, this season so far, the atmosphere has been just unreal. And I know fans of other clubs will probably look at it and think, what are you talking about? The Emirates is shit, whatever. That's fine. Okay. But we know, we know how good it's been, right? We've been backing the team. It, it has been unbelievable. Yeah. Most uh, people who say of... stuff like that, by the way, don't go to games. No, no, no. Yeah, let's talk about that for a while. Um, but yeah, so, I, and I just think obviously, look, it's a Sunday Sunday evening game or Sunday late kind of late kickoff, whatever. You know, fans, we are going to be fully up for it. Everyone's going to be amped up. Everyone's going to have been at the pub pretty much the, the whole day. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a really, really good atmosphere as well. And that is, that potentially could play quite a big factor as we keep saying. So, um, so I'm, I'm sort of, I don't necessarily agree with the bookies. I don't think we're favorites to win. I think it's a pretty even contest, but I don't think we're going to get, I don't think we're going to get trashed. I don't think we're going to get trashed. Like I'm, I'm going for a draw personally. I think it'll be a tight game again. Um, is what I kind of said against Spurs as well. And I think it'll be a draw. No, do, do you agree with that? It's been, you know, it's, it's Arsenal this season, even the one game that we lost, you know, the one game we, we lost, we had 16 shots on goal and we generally have around 20, we around that 20 mark per game. Um, like Mice kind of said about a good time to play Liverpool, you, you really feel like if you're a team who are a bit um, frail in terms of the defensive organisation, if you're not quite on point at the moment, Arsenal are probably the worst team that you want to play right now, right? Because we are just, regardless of whether we, you know, we haven't got a Haaland, we, we haven't necessarily, you know, some of our attacking players haven't exploded yet, but we are bloody just everywhere, you know, in that final third at the moment, aren't we? I mean, do, do, do you agree with Mice's sort of assessment of the game? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I'm probably a bit more sort of pessimistic than Mice. I think I think I'll be happy with the draw. I think um, again, you sort of these kind of games like it's not, it's not an NLD, but you know, it's a form book kind of goes out the window, and everyone's it's a big, big sort of game. Um, one thing I sort of agree, you know, the home fans will play such a big part. Uh, so I remember the game you were sort of referring to at last year, Liverpool at Anfield. I think it was a tight affair, and I think. I think it was that game when uh, I think Arteta and Klopp got into their little kerfuffle, didn't they? And then the Anfield crowd went crazy and we just crumbled. So yeah, I think we need to create right. that atmosphere on Sunday again. Um, but I just feel like against, I just feel like, I know it's me being super critical of Arsenal here, but every game we have sort of dominated possession and looking brilliant on a going forward and attacking sense. But I still don't feel that we have been that clinical. Uh, I think obviously, again, I'm not being overly critical, but it is obviously, I understand it's a, it's a journey. We are going to get there, you know, eventually. We can sort of see what Arteta is building. Um, but but as good as we are with the ball, I still think there is a lot of elements that we need to work when we don't have the ball. Um, and I think against like someone Liverpool, they're going to be, you know, pressing us, suffocating us, which is what, what they usually do. Um, and when we do make those mistakes, they are going to be more clinical than like, you know, mm. Charles has that chance, which he, you know, great save by Ramsdale. But I can imagine, you know, give Liverpool any sort of half a chance, right? Regardless of how good or you know, how poor they're being form wise, like, you know, Salah can finish off a chance, you know, um, mm. they've got quality everywhere where, they, uh, yeah, they can punish us for us not doing great. And yeah, I don't think we're still as clinical as we need to be. So, um, yeah, and I sort of yeah agree with Stu there. Yotta has always uh, yeah gave us a bit of a nightmare last year as well, didn't he? So um, yeah, that's why like you know obviously I'll take you know I'd love to win, and I think 
if we were to win, we need, you know, the crowd need to get back behind the team and we need to start off like we did against Spurs, but we just need to just try and uh, eliminate all those sort of, you know, defensive errors, really. Yeah, agree with you. And, you know, all the comments that are coming through, last Stu MC had some comments, Gavin as well, I think just, you know, suggesting that Liverpool is going to be a much bigger test than than Tottenham was. And it's hard to disagree regardless of the league position because this isn't a team that are just playing a system and getting some rewards at the moment. Liverpool are a team who have won trophies. These players have won things. <laughs> like, uh, I, I mean, I've, 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 <laughs> oh, quality, love it. Clip that up. Clip that up. They're yeah, actually a good team, fans. though. Like, it's not a joke. Like, as in, you know, these are players who are actually have done something. That these are players that, like, our players should be looking up to and thinking that these are the sort of players that we want to emulate. And I think one of the reasons why Liverpool have achieved those things is when they do come under pressure in big games. I think they they take it up that extra level. I think they get you know their quality, their focus, everything that kind of that, that shows. Just just looking at Stu's comment here and tactically, I think. The Klopp offsets the fullbacks. One sits with the opposition, opposing flank attacks because he can't afford to have both high and wide. Well, chiefly Trent. Yeah, I get a point. I mean, they do. It's really interesting what Liverpool do with their fullbacks, isn't it? And I think, um, and 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 I, and I think, uh, sorry, it's good, sorry, Stu again. An additional comment, which is which is a is a good one and very topical at the moment. Stu says, if Trent gets Martinelli on his recent form, though, he may require ankle reconstruction. It's true, isn't it? Like Trent is Trent is um. Trent is getting a lot of stick at the moment, actually. You know, and, and Wait, I love I love Trent. I yeah, really, like, let's, really let's talk. Let's talk about this. So, like, I I really so basically, Klopp gave an interview the other day, um, which I really liked because I don't think managers do this enough. Um, and you know, he, he it was sort of I think you guys might might have seen some of it. It was when they asked him about Southgate um, not picking Trent, and he sort of said, "Do you want to open that box? Do you really want to open that box?" And he and he and then he sort of went into it a bit. <clears throat> but I really liked what he said in the sense that. And, and he said it in a bit of a frustrated way, but I think he deserves to be a bit frustrated sometimes, um, you know, when when commentators, when journalists say stuff like this. You know, what he was trying to explain is Liverpool play a system. They play a very specific system and players, all their players have very specific instructions. And to get Trent Alexander-Arnold's attacking output, which he sees as a requirement for their team to achieve the objectives that they want to and win the trophies that they want to, etc. For him to be able to do that, he has to get himself into positions where it's going to be actually pretty pretty hard to recover from. But actually, it's okay because you have other players who are supposed to do other things to be able to compensate for that. And you know what? Sometimes he's going to get caught out, but it's okay because that's a risk you take to get fulfill his attack potential. And what Klopp is effectively saying here as well is, it's not his fault, it's my fault. I'm telling him to do that. So it's not his fault. And if it, if, it, if it is that he's getting exposed, it's because either I haven't calibrated everything else in the right way or other players aren't necessarily doing what I've told them to do. And I think that's really good because I think that, that is a good reminder, right, of even us as Arsenal fans, when we're critical of some players, you know, we did it against, you know, withholding against uh, Spurs last season. But sometimes, you know, some people have been critical about Ben White, like this season in some in, in, in his positioning some ways or whatever. It's very hard to know what's the player and what's the what's the manager, right? What what has the manager kind of asked or whatever? And my so you know you're talking about Trent, and I guess the point is there a lot has been made out about Trent and and the fact that people seem to be getting behind there. You're a big Trent fan, as you said. I mean, do you think it's a case where actually it's other players who just aren't necessarily covering and and, and you know it's not to do with Trent? Yeah, and I think I think there's a big Van Dyke factor, which I don't 
know why it's not really being talked about um, that much, but I feel like Van Dyke is nowhere near the level of play he was pre his um, injury last last season. I think it was a big injury he had. Last, was it last season? Season before? Whenever it was. Um, I just feel like he is not at the same same level, um, and obviously he plays right alongside Trent, and and I think that's having an impact. But I think, look, you know. Just, just. I mean, look, we're not obviously. I know we're not going to talk about Liverpool in too much depth, but just specifically on Trent, like you've just got to look at kind of what he offers. He's got his deficiencies, fine, okay, and yeah, as you said, Raj, the system that Liverpool play means that he's probably quite likely to kind of almost be the fall guy. He's the guy that's going to get exposed a fair bit, and that's a that's almost maybe something that Liverpool have been able to cope with up until now. And maybe this season it's being seen a bit more than it's being exposed a bit more than it has been previously. But, you know, if you think about what this guy's offered Liverpool, considering how, I don't know how old he is, like 21, 22, 23, whatever. He's like right at the start of his career, pretty much. He's won everything in the game already. He's been probably the best right back in the world. Arguably, maybe you could look at like Hakimi and there's probably a couple of other players. Um, but, you know, like he'd walk into pretty much any team in the league. Like I just, I feel like he gets a lot of, a lot of stick. Like the whole England thing is ridiculous for me. Like how he's in, I mean, to not get, potentially not be in the squad for the World Cup is just mental. It's just mental. Like I can't believe that he's just such a talented player. Like his right foot is like a wand. He's one of those players where 10 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go, you've got Harry Kane in the box. You just want him on a set piece. You want him, you want, he's the guy you want when you need a goal. He's the guy you want, you know, putting the ball in the box. Cause he's going to, he's going to pick the man out. He's going to pick the striker out. He's going to put it on a plate for, you know, yeah. Harry Kane, whoever. So, um, yeah, maybe not going through the best, top, best of times at the moment, but overall, I think he's just a quality player. Like I'd love him at Arsenal. I can't believe anyone wouldn't want. Yeah, I think as you said, he's 23 years old, and look what he's won already. And he's just, you know, he's, he's just he's just been this amazing phenomenon like over the last however many seasons. Um, you know, from Stu- Southgate's perspective, though, you'd expect. I think I can see why Southgate would prefer a right back which has a better defensive qualities and attacking qualities, knowing the whole defensive mindedness that Southgate offers. But I understand from my perspective, you'd want. When you're one nil down, then you'd want to throw on someone like Trent. So I can see why but you I mean, wouldn't mate, start playing, him as a I mean, why he would start him, but you need him in the squad, in my opinion. If he's playing, if he's playing, okay, so yeah, fine. Look, the England talk is the England chat is like maybe a separate episode, but if he's playing three at the back, because we don't have the centre backs to play a four four two to play two at the back. If you're playing three at the back, Trent is the perfect wing back. Like you can't ask. Okay, fine. Yeah, defensively. He isn't as good, arguably, as Reese James. He's probably not as good as maybe Kieran, Tri- Kieran Trippier or, or even Walker. Again, all debatable, to be honest, all of them. But if you're playing three, if you're playing a wingback system, who else? Like, I can't, like, if you're any other country going to the World Cup and you're picking, if you could, if you could pick a right wingback, you just, like, I can't see anyone picking anyone other than Trent. And it's just mental when you think about it like that, that Southgate doesn't fancy him. And, pro- and he's probably going to play three at the back for the World Cup. Yeah, it, it is mental. And sometimes I wonder whether it's because if he did have better centre-backs, would he be willing to play Trent as a you know full-back? And is it because, you know, he, think, he sort of looks at it and goes, yeah, well, it's all right for Liverpool because you've got Van Dijk and Matip and, and see what happens, right, when they're not, like, firing. Like, you, you, then he gets exposed. He might even feel vindicated by what he's seeing at Liverpool at the moment. But I think one of the one of the interesting things here, and, 
Stu's really going to town, by the way, in the comments. So <laughs> Stu's now saying Southgate plums for idiots like Sean Maguire, Dyer, etc. You can't play open football with more ones like that. I mean, that's true. I mean, that, that, that kind of goes to my point, right? In the sense that, like, you know, that's uh, it's chicken and egg here. Like, whether, it, uh, you know, he's play, he is picking players like that. And I suppose if you pick players like that, then, you know, maybe you can't play such an attacking win back because your, your centre backs are like crap. But anyway, um, what what I was going to say is the interesting thing is right. We've talked a lot about like Trent Alexander Arnold and the defensive kind of side of it, and you know talking about Liverpool season in that context. But if you look at if you look at Liverpool in the league table, right? So Liverpool are ninth right now in the league. Um, what what I find like amazing, and I know they played one game less than Arsenal, Man City, um, but but they're eleven points behind Arsenal, and it is. After seven or eight games, to be that far off whoever is top is quite crazy, actually. Um, to think, uh, you know, given what, what a good team they are, they are, and I know there's a lot of football to be played, but that's still quite a lot of points. Like, it'd be really interesting to look at past kind of tables and see, kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, how generally speaking, a team around this time of the season with that much kind of delta, do they ever get to make up to the sort of top two? But, um, but sort of the point I actually wanted to make was less about that, but more about when you actually look at the breakdown, right? They, their issue hasn't really been conceding goals. They actually arguably haven't scored enough goals. Mm. So they've, they've conceded nine goals and that's the same amount of goals conceded as Man City. Um, You know, Brighton have conceded eight, Arsenal have conceded eight, you know, so those new cars have conceded eight. Um, so nine goals conceded isn't bad, but the thing is they've scored 18 goals, which in some ways sounds great, but nine of those, right, were in one game. <laughs> so so it's nine goals across six games then. That isn't, compared to some of their rivals, isn't like, like, like you know, as a contrast, Man City have scored 29, you know, Arsenal scored 20, and, you know, nine of them didn't come in one game. So... It's not really the defense that seems to be the, the the challenge, right? It seems like their attacking output seems to be the challenge. And do you know, Nero? Maybe I'll come to you first on this. They've they've changed quite a lot recently, and some of it's not. Some of it's been forced. Others, you know, seems quite planned. It feels like they've planned to sort of have to refresh their attack because every now and again you have to do this, etc. But they did just lose Mane. And, um, you know, losing big players is always like a bit of a challenge. But does it feel like there's just a bit too much going on that's new? Yeah, I think, I think obviously, I think, I don't think uh, sort of everyone sort of realised what sort of magnitude of the impact like losing Mane would be. Um, I think to the extent, I think quite a lot of people have sort of suggest that you know, Mane was probably more um, sort of focal to their attack compared to like someone like Salah, right? Um, obviously, they you know brought in Derby, and everyone thought he was gonna you know you know there was argument whether you know is, is he gonna so, yeah whether it's to be you know him or Haaland who was the better signing. There's a lot of debate about that on sort of social media. And, and do you remember the the Community Shield? The Community where, Shield. Like, and Haaland, Haaland missed that sitter, and Nunes scored, and everyone's like, "Wow, look, you know, yeah, he's already he's already won the battle." Jeez, how's that turned? Exactly. Out? So I think, and then obviously, then he he uh, I think it was his second game he got sent off. I think. And he was obviously suspended for a couple of games. You know, Yota's been Yota's been injured as well. So, you know, to, I, I think it's too early to, you know, write them off for anything, to be honest. Um, I know you said 
they're what, 11 points behind us. They're 10 behind City uh, with a game in... Is it, do they have a game in Hamlet? City? Yeah, they with a game in hand as well. So they're effectively seven points, which is this early. This is nothing. Um, and I still, they're still trying to get used to not playing. You know, They still need to get used to the system without Mane bringing in Darwin. Um, you know, the team is still fairly new. So I, I still think they've still got time to sort of, you know, click and sort of gel together and sort of make it work, I think. But are we, ne- are we near a, like going about this because are we saying these things because it's the Liverpool that we've got to know over the last couple of seasons like in my mind I'm kind of I feel like you do and and I I feel in my head that they are Liverpool can just go and and win 10 games on the bounce like that and then it's all just just done but are we judging them based on kind of what we've seen over the last couple of years and does this look like it's a team in a slightly different phase Mice talked about Van Dijk kind of not really not really being the same and, and, you know, then without money and without all these various kind of components being at their kind of at their peak, if you like. Um, yes. I think I mentioned it on Saturday, or Saturday, wasn't it about um, that, you know, every team goes through their, you know, three year cycle and, mm. you know, are we coming to the end of the three year and you know, a little predominance? Do we then need, you know, not necessarily a new manager, but, you know, new players, fresh ideas, um, but I always think like, you know, someone like Liverpool, they've got, you know, a squad full of winners, right? And, you know, through adversity, that's when, you know, there's sort of, I feel that, you know, the mental strength sort of side of the game will sort of come through when they, you know, up against the pressure. I think they will actually, you know, start, personally start sort of turning it on. Um, yeah, I can't really explain why um, they are where they are at the moment. I, I You know, you can't just say, you know, it's because of one player and, it's just you know a few months ago they were in the Champions League final, so you know overnight players don't just go bad. So I think it is just mm. they had a long tough season last year. I think you know they were competing for four trophies at one point, right? Um, I know they only won two at the end, but they played so many games. So I think part of it is probably that they are burnt out from last season, um, and obviously we had an earlier start this season compared to the normal break we have in the summer. So I do think that player fatigue probably you know has got a part to do with it yeah no i, I, I agree with that Myers, do you, you do you feel the same i mean like let, let's just maybe i'll pivot your additional comments with a prediction as well you know how how do you how do you see it going on um on sunday what's your prediction yeah i I think it'll be a draw. I think we'll play really well again. I think we'll play really well, but I think ultimately we're coming up against a team that, whichever way you look at it, um, have been better than us for the last, what, four or five seasons, I don't know, whatever. Um, You know, have just been better than us in the recent past. And I think um, it's a massive game for Liverpool as well. And I think they'll approach it like a massive game. So, so, yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a score draw. We can see it being like a one-one or a two-two. That's my prediction. Yeah. Which, by the way, sorry, I'm just going to add. Which I think will still be a fantastic result for Arsenal. I still, I still, I think that's a. I think still think that's in in the grand scheme of things for our season. That's still a massive, massive. Like, I think that's still a big result because we were saying before the Spurs game. I wasn't. I predicted a win, but when we were actually walking into the ground, and we were or whatever, but the pub before, I was sort of like, mm, I'm not really sure, and I think. I would take, I was saying to you guys, I would take a draw against Spurs. And I think Nero, you were saying, no, Spurs are the team we should win. Liverpool is probably the game where you take a draw and four points is what's acceptable. And obviously now we've beaten Spurs. I'm kind of now in the same, 
mindset where I think you get a, you get a, as long as you don't lose the game, you get a point against Liverpool. And you just you just carry on, you know, you carry on. To, mm-hmm. I don't know who we've got mm-hmm. after who we've got after Liverpool, but um, yeah, you you just carry on and you 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 go for three points the next game and it just keeps us ticking over. So yeah, yeah, agreed. I mean, Nero, what's your what's your prediction? Yeah, um, I think sort of similar. I'll, I think probably a. Three three, I think score draw. <laughs> wow. I know you've already gone one one two two, so I'll go three three. Yeah, I think, I think for us, yeah, as I sort of said earlier, it's going to be a tough game. Um, and I think for us, the most important thing I think is the performance of sort of Xhaka and Partey again. Um, I think we need to sort of protect the defenders, um, and if we can stop the ball sort of going past that line and exposing the back five per se, I think we've got a sort of good chance of sort of getting something out of the game. Um, so I think, yeah, based on sort of being from a confident point of view, I'll say, you know, a score draw. I think that would be a great result for us if we can get a draw against Liverpool, despite well, their form. Other thing I was just going to add, guys, sorry. What's quite good is obviously they've got Champions League this week, right? So really they're going to, like he played, I think he rested, maybe not rested, but in terms of tactically, he changed it up a little bit. He played um, Carvalho, didn't he, as well? Mm. Um, and I guess if Jota's back, Jota's back, fine. But I guess... Fingers crossed for us, you know, they have a tough game against Rangers and, um, you know, everyone gets injured and they come into <laughs> come into the game against us <laughs> on Sunday with a, a bit of a depleted squad. But, you know, I think they've got they've got a big, uh, big um, Champions League game because I don't think they've, have they started the Champions League well? I think they've, did they lose a game? They lost they the lost game. They lost the Napoli. They got battered Napoli, Napoli, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting. It, I, I, I'm really undecided just how I think this is going to go. I, I was actually about to go with a prediction that I think we might lose two one, and I kind of, and partly I think it's for, for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like we're sort of due a bad performance because I don't even think Man United was a bad performance. Like, I, so you know, I think that I think we were unlucky. We we should have been a goal up, and it's a different game. I um, I think we're sort of due a game where it doesn't quite things don't come off. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those, it's just not our day type games. And I think if I'm Liverpool, even though I'll, I'll, I'll sort of go, I'll go against what I said just kind of before in terms of that, you know, Arsenal potentially are, are an awful team for Liverpool to play, play right now. And just say that, like, you know, I also think Liverpool probably would feel less pressure coming away to Arsenal than they would if they were at home to someone else. I think away at Arsenal... You know, everyone's probably like you said, like the you know we talked before. The bookies are, are apparently making Arsenal favourites. They're kind of weirdly the underdogs, um, and they 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 won't care. They won't care about the atmosphere. Like it'll be good atmosphere. They won't care. They've done they've done this. Like they've had big European away nights and like and uh, you know big stadiums. I don't think the that our atmosphere will get to them. Our atmosphere might lift us. I don't think it will really get to them. So a bit worried. A combination of things just not going our way. Plus, it's just a game where I think they might just choose to kind of say, "Yeah, we're Liverpool. We're back," kind of thing. Um, so I'm going to conservatively go with it with a, a two-one defeat. Um, do you reckon? So- uh, do you reckon this week Klopp's going to have to speak as uh, and the training ground with uh, the Saka and Emerson Throw song just to get them used <laughs> to the atmosphere? <laughs> you know, there was that joke going around on Twitter on um, on Twitter about whether he'll play North London forever in training. Is <laughs> he going to be doing that? There's a, there like, on your camera. There was something that just came into the that that like it looked like someone was throwing like waving a banana. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not even like, I don't know what that was. This is a pet monkey, mate. It's leaving me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyway, he's very, he's very, he's only, he hasn't even commented on that. So I, I wonder what we, that could um, have been. 
Can we can um, we talk about this question from? We Sam? can, we can, because he, he second said, time he's asked. Yes, that's all, that's that you put a few comments on there. I apologize. Thank, you know, thank thank you for um the the support and kind of you know the the uh, the uh, compliment to paying Arsenal today. Um, and he's got this point here. He said, for all three of you to answer, are Arsenal in the title race? So maybe this will be the last thing that we answer before we call it a night because it has been a long episode. So for all three of you answer, are Arsenal in the title race? Why don't we kick off with, you know, the man who's making his comeback? <laughs> Nero, are Arsenal in the title race? Uh, no. Simple. I don't, we're, it's too early for us to be even thinking about the title race or even talking about it. We're not, you know, for me, you know, getting a solid top three, uh, or to be fair, top four, I'm not going to get carried away. Top four will be my target. And I think for me, it will be, I don't know if this is a pessimism in me or just the hurt I've had for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, but until it's like, I feel like one of those lesser seasons, right? Until we actually mathematically can't win the league, I don't think we'll win the league. Um, but I think, yeah, what I've done so far is amazing to be even talking about a potential, you know, title race conversation. I think it's just, um, yeah, it says a lot about what we've achieved this season. Mice. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. So my answer to that is no. I don't. I don't think we are in the title race. As 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 nice as it would be to kind of start dreaming about that and what that could mean for us. Look, I think ultimately there's one team that's a stand standout team this season. I can't see City really like it. I don't know how you explain what City are doing at the moment, what Harlan's doing, but they're just unreal. And I don't think there is a title race this season. I think it's one team and that's it, basically. I think it's then you've got the the remaining teams challenging or chasing for second, third and fourth, basically, pretty much. And I think with Arsenal specifically, like we we don't have the same resources as City, City have got financially, but, you know, in terms of the squad this season, you know, I think our squad at some point this season will start to see the the cracks a little bit, like, like, Nero was saying, right, you look at left back, pretty solid. You look at a couple of other positions, right back as well, pretty solid. You look at certain other positions, okay, fine, but, you know, Erdegaard's out, Vieira comes in. But otherwise, you take Party out of this team, you take Jesus out of this team, you take Saliba out of this team, is a big, big drop-off. And I think at some point this season, that will start to show, that will start to tell. And, um, you know, I think that's where maybe Arsenal might start dropping points. But I think... You know, to be in the title race, you've basically got to, you've almost got to, I mean, I don't know what City are going to do this season, but it looks like they're basically going to just, you know, how many points are they going to drop? Like, if you look at what City have done the previous four seasons, five seasons, they've barely dropped any points. They they win so many games and they score so many goals. So they've just gone up a level this season. How many points are they going to drop this season? So I, yeah, personally, I think it's just too early for Arsenal. And like Nero said, Fourth, I'll, I'll take fourth. You give me fourth now, I'll take fourth. I don't care. We're top of the league now. Give me fourth, I'll take it. Champions League is what it's all about. It's weird though, is it right? Because you say about how many points are going to drop, and I look, I do agree with you. I think they're just absolutely, absolutely unreal. Um, but the, when they have dropped points this season, the you know, two games that they've drawn, it's kind of it has been really random. It kind of just came out of nowhere. And you know, with when there were very different types of games against Palace, they they just kind of kept conceding goals. They, they should have lost that game. They they had a get the goal unfairly disallowed. Like it was a pretty poor defensive performance. And against Villa, it was 
a pretty poor attacking performance. They they didn't seem to be able to. They didn't look very potent. Um, but you could probably argue that it's it was a bit earlier in the season, right? And like you know, the Harland is um, not only is he a new player, but it's a new system having to play to to kind of you know, play to him, regardless of how good it is. And and therefore, you know, maybe there was a, a few kind of a few things to be worked out at the start. But I think the scary thing about about um, Harland and City. So for, so for me, two things. One, look, man, like most, if you get like Harry Kane, arguably is the second best striker in the league, right? And you probably say, if you give Harry Kane two chances, he's going to score at least one of those two chances, right? If you give Harry Kane two chances. With, with Haaland, it's not even, you give him a half chance and he's probably going to score. It's not even a normal, like most players don't make that into a chance. It's because of this, he's just abnormal and i think you know people have been joking about cyborg and and you know just like <laughs> him being an alien but it's because the, the types of things that he's able to do to get in positions to score like it's not even a chance for a normal player um so i think for that you know it must, it's, it's gonna be so scary playing city because you just sort of feel like you can't even give him a half chance um but the other thing that i think um is the reason is is basically my like you know what you said this is going my answer is that you know i don't think Arsenal are in the title race because i and, and i think if it wasn't for city i'd probably say we we are in the title race but because of city i, I don't think there will be a race right. um yeah I, I don't think there will be so a race went in it, you think we would have actually challenged because for me i think as what you spoke about before in terms of our squad depth right first half you no know, playing europa league against smaller teams we can rest our players when it gets to this, you no know, February, March, April's when we're going to be yeah. playing knockout stage Europa League, we'll be playing our first eleven. I think then injuries will start coming through. Then we'll see the brutalness in our squad. will be exposed. We'll start dropping points a lot more. Um, so I don't actually, even if City weren't in it. I don't think we'll be challenging. So I would agree with that, like normally, and I agree actually with the fact that I think we probably still would drop points. But the reason why I'd, I'd say that we'd be in a t- title race if it wasn't for City is because those other teams are also just dropping a lot more points than I thought that they would. So those teams that otherwise in a normal situation wouldn't be doing like, there's no, there's no way that anyone thought Liverpool would do this. And, and even with Chelsea, did anyone think that they were going to get in this much of a mess that they would sack their manager that early? Like, like those things weren't, weren't predicted. And as a result of that, I think given the fact that Arsenal have actually started so well, even if we do, even if we were to kind of end up dropping points in the predictable ways, like you've described, there's actually every chance that the other teams will continue dropping similar sorts of points and therefore we could be in a race. But I don't, but, you know, City, I think for the Haaland reason and the other reason that I said like about squad depth, City had basically a central midfield crisis and a central defensive crisis going into the the Man United game. It probably would have been a crisis for another team, like where effectively Gundogan came in as a third choice that's right. You know, there were two injuries, two people ahead of him, and he started in the defensive midfield position. And in in centre backs, Stones was out, Diaz was out, and like you know, it, it's not you know anyone else. Imagine Arsenal have your 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 main two centre backs out and your main two central midfielders out. There's no way you're scoring six goals against anyone, right? Like that's not. So for for, for me, I think that that's kind of the scary thing and. You know, I know Sat Sat made another comment before saying, you know, City have raised it with so have Arsenal. Yeah, but I think you know, City raising it and Arsenal raising it, it's slightly different. Arsenal going from a the starting three to a four, like, yeah, yeah, from like a nine yeah, to ten, yeah. 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 And, I think um, Sat's had a few drinks to be fair. He's on holiday, so um, <laughs> he's, he's been messaging me, and uh, yeah, 
Could be the drink talking. So, so Nero, why don't you ask answer Sat's, Sat's final follow up question before we wrap mm. it up? So, so Sat is saying, Nero, come April and you're still first stroke second. Isn't the Premier League a priority over the Europa? It's funny because we sort of had this similar debate, didn't we, Myers, on, uh, on Saturday? <laughs> but a bit different to this question, but um, yeah, great question. I remember during the uh, Uno Emery year uh, when we went for the Europa League and we came fifth. We got to the final, and I remember we I think it was my, I must be after the Man United game where I said sack off Europa League. It's just we're not we're not we don't have the depth enough to be fighting on two fronts here. Like prioritize one over the other, and obviously the counter argument is you know you want your eggs in as many baskets as you want. Personally, when it comes to this question, as sort of might as saying, for me I'll take top four. For me, Champions League football is priority. I don't want to get too greedy and try and you know go for a, you know, a title or go for Europa League trophy and end up with nothing and come fifth again. Um, I think we've got a journey planned. You know, Arteta and Eddie have got their, you know, their three-year, four-year plan. And if the plan is to get Champions League, for me, I want that Champions League football. I don't want to try and... We're not, we're not good enough or we are not don't have the depth enough to be competing on more than one front, in my opinion. Um, so to answer that question, I think, yeah, pro, like prioritise, and it says Premier League here, but prioritise top four via the league. For me, we show more sort of progress as a club. <laughs> That's a no, right, right. to that question? It was a good response. <laughs> and like to close off the show, we've got a comment from a Liverpool fan, Prasad, have you guys got a spare ticket for Sunday? I think the answer from all three of us is no. Um, it's, um, it's uh it's i actually know a liverpool fan who's in the north bank no way he's gonna be in the north bank yeah i will try to so i'll call him out when he's uh when he's there and they're from how's he got a ticket in the north bank uh, yeah, I, I, i'm not sure well i think partly his kids are arsenal fans um so it's probably like using his kids membership but uh oh. but anyway no like we so we haven't got a spare ticket for sunday and we can't wait for sunday and um yeah it's gonna be a fun week of football um and we've listened like we i think we did one of our longest episodes last episode and this has gone on for about one and a half hours i think that um it probably warrants it for um three reasons one we batted the north london derby um we got two games that we previewed but also the return of the king you know nero is <laughs> Nero is back so uh it deserved it listen everyone thank you very much for your comments thank you for um your interactions appreciate it on a monday night um quite a variety of fans who have who joined us this evening um so thank you very much boys any closing comments otherwise is it farewell i think Nero Nero should do this Nero, so <laughs> you, you do the farewell say thank you to the fans Nero. no you know, uh, all, the, all the support yeah. they've given you Yes. <laughs> all these, all these you guys have stood by me for the last year yeah Every week in week out you've been supporting me thank you very much no but honestly guys it's, it was, uh, it's been great to uh be back on the show today didn't realize how much i sort of missed it and enjoyed it so uh a lot of love there and uh yeah thank you everyone for your uh continued support across all our platforms um hope you yeah continue to support us um it means a lot to us thank you and i was just going to say as well post-match saturday me and nero mate we went off. We had a great time. Raj, you missed out, man. You missed out. Mate, we, we, were, we were queuing up for Greenwich. Was it North Greenwich Weather Station? North Greenwich, Greenwich Station? Yeah. Saliba song. <clears throat> the whole crowd. There was a, you, know when, you know when you leave the O2 and there's an event and everyone's queuing for the station? 
I, I don't know how we the video. Yeah, you sent me the video. Oh, yeah, yeah. The video. <laughs> All those people look <laughs> like they're just like, who the fuck? I, I'm in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have done it because it could have easily been a Spurs fan just come and fucking walloped us. We were both smashed out of our faces, wouldn't have known. But like, yeah, we had a great me and Nero, man. You missed out. It's great, man. Missed yeah. out. You and Aaron and <laughs> but yeah, anyway, just wanted to end on that because it was a happy, it was a happy celebration post match. We did it for you, so on your behalf. Happy season so far. Yeah. Mm. Long may it continue, guys. Continue, All right. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, guys. Um, thank you. It's been fun as ever. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening in. Uh, take care. Enjoy the enjoy the rest of your week, guys. See you later, boys. Nice See you later. Thank you. Bye.